Avatar Korra has bravely answered the call to action. With the two of us leading the charge, Republic City has nothing to fear from Amon and the Equalists. Question for the Avatar. Amon remains at large. Why have you failed to locate him? You want to know why? Because Amon is hiding in the shadows like a coward. Amon, I challenge you to a duel. No task force, no chi blockers, just the two of us tonight at midnight on Avatar Aang Memorial Island. Let's cut to the chase and settle this thing, if you're man enough to face me. Flame you, hot men. Welcome to the Ember Island podcast, the show where two fans of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra talk about every single episode. I'm Leslie. And I'm Barbara. And today we will be talking about Legend of Korra, book one, chapter four, The Voice in the Night. So, uh, want to talk about spoilers? Yes. So, unlike our Avatar episodes, this this pod podcast assumes that you may not have watched the entirety of of Korra. So for this, um, everything from Avatar is fair game, but only up to book one, chapter four, the voice in the voice in the night will be spoiled. So spoilers ahead. Cool. So to summarize this episode real quick. This is the episode where Korra is recruited to join forces with Tarlock, who's a member of the council in Republic City, who seeks a way to free the city from the grips of equalist forces. And meanwhile, Mako initiates a love triangle after befriending an heiress, as you do. <laughs> so, yeah, What if it sounds like I'm bitter, it's because I partially am. But anyway, <laughs> how do you feel about this episode, Babs? Okay, so um, first, I thought Asami was going to be sassier she seems fine she seems like a well-adjusted person um uh second uh i think everyone that was introduced in this episode secretly evil so pretty sure asami and her dad are secretly evil and i am positive tarlock's amon if he doesn't end up being Amon he's working for Amon wow I can't wait to dive into that um yeah okay so I like this episode again I'm trying to judge based off of what I don't already know uh yeah I Asami seems nice I've always been kind of mad about Asami I'm not gonna lie but we'll get into that Uh, I I wanted Asami to be so awesome, but she's there. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's kind of always how I felt about Asami as a character. Like, she exists. Maybe that'll change on rewatch. We'll see. But right now, I, she's not. She doesn't leave a positive or negative impact on me. She's yes, she's there. She's there. <laughs> I like her style. Yeah, yeah. She looks great. She looks hot. Yeah, I like her motorcycle. Yeah. Um, I like her money. So. I I I also like her money. <laughs> yeah. But um on the whole, I do like this episode. I like that it it starts to address 
Cora's insecurities and yeah, how, why she responds to things the way she does a little bit. So, I, yeah. I like that. I I like that we are seeing a different side to Cora, um, where she doesn't seem so um, so um, self assured, um, mm-hmm. and she seems a lot more vulnerable, which is nice. Um, and I also like how spooky it is. It um, mm-hmm. um, this episode did what last episode failed to do, which is make Amon scary because I wasn't very afraid of him taking away people's pe- people's bending last episode. I. I and I can't pinpoint why I wasn't super freaked out by him. Maybe it was just the spectacle of it. Maybe it was the, maybe it was the heavy-handed, your Lord and Savior Amon right before. But this episode made him scary, and that's great. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, so shall we just get started then? Yes. Yep. So we open the episode, fittingly enough, since you mentioned creepy, uh, with Cora having a nightmare about losing her bending and getting jumped by the chief blockers and Amon and everything and losing her bending. Yeah. She yeah. was attacked by sleep benders. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, genuinely he's, scary. He says, he says, after I take your bending away, you will be nothing. Oof. Which is how Cora must feel. I mean, oh yeah. Unlike I mean, Aang who who was always reassured by um by um Mangiazzo and all of his friends that he was more than than just being the the avatar from a very young age. Cora's known since she was 4 or 5 that she was the avatar and and she saw most of her self self-worth through being the avatar and like everyone knew that she was the avatar and everyone treated her like the avatar and that's a lot of pressure even when you can respond positively to it so it must be Mm -hmm. difficult for her yeah and um i i think that's kind of what's at the center of this episode and why she does the things that she does in this episode. I think she's under a lot of pressure, both positive and negative pressure. <laughs> Lynn's not helping things <laughs> later later on in this episode. And uh, yeah, just the feeling of believing that she's going to be worthless if she doesn't have her bending, especially because she doesn't have the spiritual side of being the avatar down either. So it's like, well, great. Without my awesome fighting skills, what's left type deal. So, um, yeah, I think she equates her being the Avatar with her worth because, I mean, she's grown up doing nothing but Avatar-related stuff because she discovered it really early on, and she was also extremely sheltered, so she's not the most worldly person either on top of that. She had no friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, after she wakes up from this nightmare, and it becomes clear that that's not the only nightmare that she's had about this sort of thing since the revelation happened. But uh, we cut over to the Republic city council office 
place, whatever. So the council yeah, is council. split. Yeah. So there's like a representative for each of the nations and then there's one for each of the water tribes. So specifically we have, which I think makes sense. Oh yeah. No, I, I do. I, I do think it makes sense. I, totally I think different. that it makes sense to split up the water tribes. I, I think so too. Their yeah, cultures two are cultures. Totally, totally different. One is essentially rebuilding its entire culture right now. So yeah, totally different priorities and beliefs, I'm sure. So yeah, um, we're introduced to Councilman Tarlock, who is the Northern Water Tribe representative, voiced by D. Bradley Looking Baker. For Amon. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so uh, he's voiced by D. Bradley Baker, which you might not know his name, but you've definitely heard him because he basically voices every oh. animal in this show and the original show. So he's voiced. Huh. Yeah, he voices Momo, Appa, Pabu, Naga. Yeah, seriously, all oh, the major animal characters. Maybe he's not also. evil. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, this is Dee Bradley Baker's like first non-animal named prominent character role in Avatar. <laughs> in Avatar, took took long enough. He had a couple of um, uh, auxiliary voices he was playing, like side voices. Yeah, from time to time. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time where he actually plays. A, a main character a main <laughs> so, person yeah mm-hmm. yep so we have oh, that, Tar- is, that is great yeah. so it's nice i bet he was really excited it's like oh i get actual lines of dialogue <laughs> lines <Cool>. yeah <laughs> i have a face so, uh-huh <laughs> yep so he plays tarlock who is really pushing for this police task force bill that will allow him to create a task force to uh, what's the word? Mm, supervise or act as watchdog. Defeat dogs. Amon. Yeah. <laughs> De- defeat Amon, but in a way that is scarily kind of parallel to other kinds of task force in our day and Amon. age. Amon. <laughs> okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about Amon? <laughs> what? What okay, do you think? Okay. So. Either. Uh, okay. Tarlock is either going against everything that he that he should be doing to like preserving bending in this community or he is purposefully doing all of these things to make non-benders revolt more and join Amon more and then there's a culture war against benders versus non-benders. So either he is actively helping out Amon, or they both have the same goal, except like Tarlock wants the benders to win. Okay. Or you could just make the argument that Tarlock's trying to save his own ass and is just trying to get reelected or something, as I think Tenzin mentions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, he says, uh, let me find it. Uh, oh, yep. He's a dick. I wrote that. Um, um, he says that um, that um, Tarlock is is doing another ploy for power. So basically, yeah. he is doing this for like publicity. Yeah. Um, my interpretation of Tarlock on intro is just oh, he's your typical politician, kissing babies, power. yeah, and punching Nazis. <laughs> yeah, and going for more power by taking 
the most radical solution, uh, even though it could negatively harm a lot of people. So Tenzin is against it. Because as, as you be. mentioned, yeah, right. I mean, it could further divide both vendors and non-vendors. <laughs> yeah, again, very similar to a lot of the issues that uh, are going with like the police and police brutality and all these other things. But like, it's just really muddled here, so it's not quite the best one-to-one allegory. But yeah, yeah, uh, I side with t- Team Tenzin on this one. I think most of the audience probably does maybe it's <laughs> yeah um yeah tarlock doesn't seem like a like a likable character either so the writers don't want us to side with tarlock here either um, yeah uh, uh, uh tarlock also mentions that 42 years ago avatar ang fought a guy called um yahoo yakone Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wonder if if we're gonna learn more more about that as the series goes on, or if that's from a comic that I did not read. I don't know, but I think it's safe to say that they because they threw in a name on on top of <laughs> yeah, that, probably like they took the time to figure out a name for this person. So who knows. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Tenzin's annoyed that he would bring that up because they're not the same situation. Yeah. But How dare you compare point. yourself to Avatar Aang? Yeah, Which, so um, apparently some shit went down 42 years ago that was, or at least to Tarlock, very similar to the issues with the Equalists that are going down right now. And how ultimately Aang addressed it is what's coming to Tarlock's mind as to why he wants to initiate this task force. So... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I find it interesting how Tenzin talks about his his father. Um, whenever he talks about his dad Aang, yeah, he he always calls him Avatar Aang because it. Well, he's also Aang in a professional a, setting. It's like that too. But even when he is talking to Korra. Uh, he always talks mm. about Avatar Aang, and it, and it is like having a extremely famous dad who is bigger than just himself. Avatar yeah. Aang is basically a symbol. He isn't just Tenzin's dad. Mm-hmm. That, and I think it also goes with the fact that Tenzin feels a lot of pressure too, trying to live up to all those expectations and essentially trying to single-handedly rebuild an entire culture. <laughs> so yeah. one kid yeah. at a time, uh, one crazy rambunctious kid is at a time. <laughs> oh, that baby's a airbender, by the way. I don't know <laughs> if she's ever going to have the baby, but it's an airbender. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's going to love that if that's the case. <laughs> If it isn't, I I I will be surprised. Yeah. So I I do before we cut away from the council. I love that you don't really need to give a shit about the other three in the room. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a random yeah. earthbender guy. There's from, a like, fire lady. Yeah. There's another there's blue guy. Uh huh. I I feel like I when I first watched this show, I probably paused just to try to determine if they were anybody 
important but I don't think they are so (laughs) (laughs) they're just sort of there and (laughs) you know so we cut back to Cora who's training while some awesome old school jazz music is playing but it quickly gets interrupted Mm -hmm. yeah it's great but it quickly gets interrupted by Amon who intercepts the radio communications and yeah and says the scariest things yeah (laughs) just we're here absolute (laughs) scariest things Mm -hmm. (laughs) i will like just quote liam neeson from taken is kind of what it was like i will find you. the time has come (laughs) for benders to experience fear we Um, have a particular set of skills (laughs) yeah uh, what year did cora come out and was uh, it after Bioshock? It was definitely after Bioshock, yes. Because I, Cora has not copied Bioshock at all. But no, no. I'm getting the same feels from Amon as I did from the Bioshock villains. Uh-huh. Just I think- drazzy, gravitas, well, well-spoken drama. Philosophical. Yes. Yeah. Except I think the difference is, I'd argue, Bioshock, at least the first one, uh, handles its philosophical themes a lot better than Korra does, in, at least in this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So far, so far, Korra seems to almost get there and then just fall short for, yeah. for mm-hmm. some other things. And it might be because I, it's a kid's show, but Avatar did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. and. And we never blame them for being a kid's show. Yeah. Which is why I don't use that excuse with the show, because I, I know we can do better. When yeah. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cora's freaked out. And then we are we interrupt this chilling moment to give you the intro of Asami and the love triangle that will permeate a lot of this season. So oh, really? Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh. so um, <laughs> Mako is walking along, do to do to do, and gets run over by Asami on her motorbike. And mm-hmm. um, Asami profusely apologizes. She takes off her helmet, and Mako is immediately smitten. Mako's smitten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like her design, I, th- I think she's gorgeous. Oh, Asami is so pretty. And she has these strange electric green eyes mm-hmm. that are just so pretty. Yeah, I like her outfits. I, I like Korra and Avatar. They're fun shows because they're like two of the few, very few animated kid shows, especially where they actually like change outfits <laughs> like multiple yeah. times. It's not like a rare occasion. So. That said, all of the outfits that um, that Asami is wearing this episode, they look great. She looks great. Oh, yeah. Now, I think she changed into three or four outfits. She's wearing something different every day. Mm-hmm. And so that is... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, and it, and it might just be because of my Fire Nation bias, but I thought Asami... <laughs> was going to be sassier i thought that she was gonna be more like head bitchy well she's not firebender or she's not i know she's uh, but she's wearing she's actually non-bender yeah she is wearing red though so i just assume oh okay that's fair 
but it's like maroon. It's not like the same color red that you see the Fire Nation people wearing. No, but I just, I. I just put my just preconceived biases on it because I wanted Azula. And <laughs> um, and um, Asami's not Azula. And I have oh, no. come and I have come to, to terms with that. Asami seems nice. Um, yeah, she's, she's nice. Yeah, now that you remind me that she's a non, non-bender are her and her dad working for Amon? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Everyone's working for Amon, <laughs> Leslie. Yeah, Mako and Bolin are too. Well, no, just Bolin. Oh, just Bolin, yeah. For the bread. Uh, actually, Pabu turns out to be the true mastermind behind the operation. Oh if Pabu's he did. Sentient. Yeah. If he did, I would turn. Oh, yeah. Me too. You bet. <laughs> Sign me uh, up. Whatever you say, Pabu. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, um, uh, Asami's basically Jasmine and Mako's Aladdin. Except um, uh, I think without Aladdin and Jasmine have better pers- have stronger personalities yeah. than <laughs> Mako and Asami. <laughs> it seems like, and maybe it is it 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 is just because we've gotten some really good like slowly built up relation well not even slowly but just really good chemistry in avatar we had really like slowly built up relationships with like um suki and Sokka, but but like may zuko um uh, um um even Sokka and and ua we didn't know the people for like all that long but we saw them like each other and like we 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 like saw them learn and grow together and and it seemed like a real spark was there and a real relationship but 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 here and it might just be because of the pacing or they are trying to make her a lot closer to him faster so that when it turns out that she works for for um, Amon he is very upset about it um which I will be very upset if no one works for Amon someone has to <laughs> um but um but um it seems like they are they are putting their relationship just on the fast track and yeah. it's not good it's just yeah like Asami in particular at this point we just met her so it, it just feels so shoehorned the way they're doing this where it's like if you're if you've seen anything at all any story at all you know where this is going immediately if you are the intended audience for this show (laughs) like and a part of me I remember groaning a little inside just because I knew where this was going the moment she got introduced and it's like she's not it's not like she's mean or anything and she yeah she seems nice there's 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 nothing wrong with her no I just yeah at least at at this point in time, Asami is like water to me. Or I don't know what, what's the best analogy. Like she's, she exists. She's toast. Yeah, she's just there's she's not much to her. Plain toast. She turns out to be the daughter of Ford equivalent creator founder. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's so that, that's about it. it. Yeah. Um. But that said, she's confidently forward enough to be like oh hey i i recognize you from pro bending like why don't we go on a date so i can make it up to you about running you over 
yeah, so she invites him out to like this fancy place called Kwong's Cuisine, which apparently is like the fanciest place. <laughs> the fanciest, yeah. We've got this place. I was thinking like we, we have this place in Seattle called Canlis that I've never been to. I didn't have a desire to go to, but after being hauled up in my house for this long I kind of want to have a very fancy dinner as like my first foray back into a restaurant when things go back to normal. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's a place like this where it's like you have to wear a tux or you, you have to be like wearing a slightly, a, like, yeah, like not quite business formal, but like a, at least a tier above business casual. And then it's like a five course meal experience. Ooh. But yeah, and it's like super expensive, but I kind of want to go now. That's wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she invites Mako to that. And Mako's like, uh, I don't have the cash for that. We can go to like Jimmy John's or something. And she's like, Don't worry <laughs> about it. I got it. <laughs> I don't have the clothes for that. And she is like, oh, yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. I <laughs> got it. Yeah. It's like, okay. So, yep, that's going on. And then we cut to Air Temple Island again, and everyone's having dinner and praying over the food. And in comes Tarlock. Being a good, flattering, manipulative politician, as he does. He walks in. Uh, Iki is confused why he has three ponytails. Or is that what she says? Something like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> why, yeah, why do you have three ponytails? Why do you smell like a girl? Well, aren't you... Smell like a lady. Yeah. Well, aren't you precocious? <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, immediately tries to butter up Cora like... Hey, Cora, I mean, you're the avatar. You could be the face of this endeavor to stop Republic City from falling into the hands of this evil Amon character. And Cora is not quite sure, but eventually she ends up actually saying no, which is shocking because he market he pitched this task force because being able to face things head on and like fighting crime and stuff, which you think up to this point is everything Cora would want to do. And I mean, even Tenzin's mm-hmm. surprised that she turns down his offer. So, um, yeah, from Ten- from Tarlock's side, he definitely wants to get Cora to join the task force. One, two, I mean, it looks good to have the Avatar involved in your initiative. It's kind of like an automatic yep. approval green light. Boom. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's also like, well, I, I get the sense from him, like, well, if things go south she's the face of this task force now. So maybe some of the anger and frustration will be directed towards her in the event this task force fails. So yeah. But also, Cora's re- also part of it, also part of it is just Cora's the avatar and the avatars su- supporting you and is, and is doing interviews with you. That looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No it's matter really good what for his happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, but Cora, to everyone's surprise, says no, partially because she's genuinely freaked out by this whole Amon stuff and is having nightmares about it. And also maybe partly because she's maybe trying to actually show some restraint for a change. Maybe. Like, just yeah, I maybe mean, trying to learn a lesson in restraint. <laughs> I think that, I think that Cora, uh, during last episode, she rightfully felt over her head. She mm-hmm. she she felt like she like like everyone barely got away from a terrible situ- situation where 
where people's bending and people's livelihoods were going to be destroyed. And it, and, and I don't think Korra realizing that she's not a full master avatar yet is a bad thing. I think, I think that, that this episode really showed character growth for her where she sat back and thought a little bit and like didn't just throw 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 caution to the wind and and like a lot of it might have been that she's scared to fight Amon but but also she's scared to fight Amon because she realized all of those things yeah yep so that's what I choose to believe I choose to believe that <laughs> Cora is learning from her experiences a little bit and <laughs> saying no partially because of that and just the other part being she's terrified right now and what's yeah. nothing to do with facing a mon head on at the moment yeah so tenzin is so proud of cora and it's just like all right get the fuck out <laughs> it's our luck she said yeah. no <laughs> also the first the, the the first thing tenzin says is just what and he's oh, so well, yeah. surprised and 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 it's this this surprise that leads to worry Later on, Tenzin knows knows um Cora well, and and um and um he knows that this is something that she would normally be like gung ho for, and that's why he why he gave her some extra care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this she- is this is also where I um I decided Tarlock was evil. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my listener, Tarlock might not be evil. I'm sorry that I keep on just like throwing out these, these, um, these um, wild accusations. This is how I have fun. No, that's fair. <laughs> I, I think, I think at this point, I, I think most people, if they didn't see him as outright evil, just saw him as like, oh yeah, slimy, a slimy politician. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely <laughs> slimy. Um, mm-hmm. so then we go back to the dinner date with the Sami at Kwong's cuisine. So this place is nice. I mean, (laughs) Mako is Mako's dressed not to the nines. And then, um, uh, when he, when he walks up to this, to this place, which is absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah. The, the head maitre d bows as low to the ground as possible. (laughs) And is like, master Mako this way oh my god <laughs> like all right and his his face is pretty funny the whole time <laughs> he looks incredulous yeah. like what the hell is this uh yeah so he gets a full-blown outfit and everything and like but he keeps the scarf on and and like i knew later on that that would have been dead parent scarf you knew it was the dead yeah everyone knew it was the dead oh a hundred percent i didn't yeah. know that it was his dad's scarf i was um, just like dead parent scarf yeah that said <laughs> high school me at fancy mako equals pikachu face for me <laughs> <laughs> so, uh yeah you know, just hey oh wow okay uh yeah but man don't you love fancy restaurants or fancy experiences like that it kind of reminds me of when i went to alani in hawaii and it was just 
awestruck by how freaking gorgeous that resort was and i was just like i don't even know what to say this place is like really tight like for real though (laughs) but yeah yeah, so lunch or dinner with the sami asami looks great too and they're talking about stuff and they get their food it looks delicious and then maku's getting himself a sugar mommy (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the waiter drops her last name and Mako's like, wait, you're one of like two people with a last name in this show. <laughs> you, you must be the daughter of a <laughs> Hiroshi Sato, who's the creator of all the Sato-mobiles or the cars around Republic City. So yeah, this lady is like super duper rich. So her perfume mm. smells like her daddy's got money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sh- she is so she is so rich that she's able to have the maitre d at a restaurant bring clothing to to dress her date yeah on the same night (laughs) on the night of yeah so she's like yep guilty and uh i mean mako's freaking out it's like well this is cool and then Asami's just casually like, yeah, you want to meet my dad? It's like, all right. <laughs> taking it, taking this uh, relationship really quickly, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So before that, I even before that, I like how, well, okay, I don't like this actually. I I I don't know Mako well, but but uh, I will get into it after I say this. But um but um, Mako Mako talks about how um, how um, the fire ferrets might not be con- continuing on oh, right. to to the to the um, championship because they don't have enough money to um, to um, to um, put up for that starting pot. Um, I don't think. And like maybe I am just putting things on Mako that aren't him, but I, but I don't think that Mako would be super in super into this like privileged rich girl, like bringing him around and like and like dressing him and like giving him money without him working for it. It it seems so against what I have seen of him before. And it might just be because she's very, very pretty, and maybe he, he is, he is just overtaken by his just admiration for Sato. But it's, I, I would have expected a little bit of pushback, just a little bit. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah, I mean. I have no idea how I would react in this kind of situation, honestly, because the situation has never presented itself, sadly. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of think I think I was expecting a little bit of pushback too. Like, well, it's like we're kind of escalating things quickly. I mean, <laughs> if you absolutely insist, I guess. Yeah, so. or just a little bit uncomfortable or something. Uh-huh. It just this is another thing of yeah, this seems quick. This seems like everything's just working out. Okay, I uh-huh. guess they're evil, right? Um, so, uh, so uh, yeah, it just seems really, really quick. I don't know. Yeah, 
don't know. I, yeah, I feel like this whole relationship feels very quick to me. Then again, it could also just be the work of raging teen hormones. So, I mean, look at them. I, well, yeah. <laughs> look at them. <laughs> they make a nice couple. Uh, yeah, they're objectively nines out of ten. Really. Ten out of ten. Come ten on, Wes. Okay, Don't right. be mean. <laughs> all right, so here comes Bolin trying to flatter Cora as a with with thank you gifts for saving his life in the last episode. So um, he I, brings a cute little cupcake and flowers. It's so nice. I yeah. love how he forgets what he was bringing her the gifts for because he's so flustered. I know. And yeah. then he's like, oh, wait, yeah. Um, Remember when you saved me from Amon? Remember <laughs> yeah. that? Remember when I almost died? Yep. And then proceeds to like reenact the whole thing, which just makes Trigger. Cora. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> and then... Turns out uh, that's not the only pieces of swag that she's getting because she has several other gift baskets that she's getting from like this shrimpy. Tarlock Daily. Yeah. Mm-hmm, from Tarlock's shrimpy looking assistant, I guess. Yeah. And, Let's yeah. just name him Amazon. Sure. Yep. I should have paused <laughs> to check what was in the gift baskets. I don't know if you checked, but I'm assuming it was a lot of good stuff. Um, It seemed... Uh, it seemed like a bunch of fruit and flowers. It was very colorful. Yeah. Um, nice. I did not pause either. Yeah. Yeah. But look nice. <laughs> it's kind of like, it reminds me of, at least in the tech world, when you're job hunting, you get all the bribes and swag, be it t-shirts, gift cards, jackets. My favorites are the dinners that you get invited to after the job fair. It's like, hey, we liked you. Do you want to come to the very expensive sushi place in Gainesville, aka Dragonfly? I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll probably uh, say no to your job offer, but I'll take you up in the dinner. <laughs> yeah. With engineering, we get pens. Oh. Yeah, we get pens too. That's it. Also- <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah. we don't get dinner we uh, get a pen here you go kind sir yeah but also we don't have to take tests for our interviews that's true so I, that is oh, where the balance God. is yeah i guess that's totally fair that said at the very least when we i mean in a normal world where we get to go out uh and not have all of our interviews What's online that? yeah <laughs> then you get to get flown out to places on their dime and then you get to eat from the finest restaurants on their dime because they give you like an $80 allowance for dinner. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. <laughs> What's the most expensive place you have in town? I'll order the chef's um the chef selection, please. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. Yes. Yeah, so, so um yeah, Cora's getting so, all this uh, awesome swag, but Cora's <laughs> not amused. She even gets a car. She gets no. a freaking car. And it's turning it down. Oh, the kids are so cute. The They're driving. Beep, beep, beep. Cute. The car is nice too. I'm like, man, I'd love to have. It looks like Corella Deville's car, honestly. Like, I don't know, maybe just because it's red. And it's oh, it's lovely. It's awesome car, and it's got like a cool decal on the side. But yeah, Cora's mm-hmm. not taking any of the gifts. Can't believe it. And Tenzin is also confused. So he goes and has a sit down with her, like, hey, are you doing okay? Like, I mean, I'm proud of you for turning down his offer, but like, I feel like something's up with He's you. Because normally, yeah, because normally you would not, 
or you would totally go for this in a heartbeat, I feel. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I'm doing fine. And it's like, well, if you want to talk about it, uh, we can talk about it because the important thing is to talk about our fears because if you don't, it can throw us out of balance. But Cora's not ready to mm-hmm. go into her insecurities and feelings about it just yet. So Tenzin respectfully respects her space, <laughs> weird sentence, and then just walks mm-hmm. away. So yep. then uh, uh, cutting yeah. back to cutting back to Mako, Asami yep. brings Mako to visit her to to visit her dad's um basically pro, 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 production line warehouse um this is basically a a um, um henry ford style automotive production line uh, uh where um there are multiple cars lined up and everyone's doing one certain task Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is really interesting. Um, I just it it is it is just really neat seeing the evolution of of just the Avatar world kind of as they mm-hmm. um, pro- progress. Um, um, so um, so um, Hitachi Sato's like, so I understand you're dirt poor. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um Mako's taken back um (laughs) but then um uh, uh, Sato can can continues saying that well um well um I used to be like you but someone believed in me and believed in my idea and because of that one investor I made this white shot like a show off (laughs) 3d shot of the the of the car yeah yeah, no, it looks like Ford. one of those shots. Yeah, it totally looks like one of those car shots you in a car commercial where they do like a weird bro, like half rotation shot of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it. So um. So um, Asami has been talking to her dad, and and basically, uh, they want to sponsor the fire ferrets. The only thing that they have to do is just wear where where um the future industries logo which sounds awesome yeah seems like a pretty good deal so i mean mako's like yeah, yeah you bet. i'm waiting for it to get bad i'll tattoo that thing on my face <laughs> you bet so <laughs> tattoo that to my chest ha, 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 ha. Uh, everyone laughs uh-huh so what this is like 24 it's been like 24 hours since he ran into asami and all of a sudden the yep yeah it's crazy yeah this was all planned for some for some reason asami ran him over on <laughs> purpose i mean she didn't have enough time to talk to her dad yeah i don't know no like well i mean she uh, clearly she did have time to talk to her maybe dad. during the tour maybe like before the tour she talked to him but it's but it seems very quick but also they seem to have an exorbitant amount of money compared to other people um well yeah <laughs> career uh, of the car well yes but they are the only people that make cars it isn't yeah. it it isn't just like that they are the first they are the only people that make cars every 
and um and them cars are very expensive and and they are innovating in this new 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 realm of technology where 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 they where they can basically set the price and when you have people that are that are doing that uh versus people that have a normal job i mean there is a reason why um why um that major d bowed so low to the ground just for someone that asami sato said said was her guest they are rolling in it Mm -hmm. definitely so uh we got back to cora who is tired of getting swag except this time she's getting an invite to a gala in her honor yeah courtesy of tarlock so that's not shady at all yeah it's bad Mm -hmm. so everybody decides to attend this gala everyone looks great in their outfits um all the airbender airbending family they all look awesome uh cora looks great in her water tribe gear i I love that outfit i want that outfit Mm -hmm. yeah she looks great with her hair down too oh yeah it's pretty Mm -hmm. uh asami's wearing a great outfit milo is using an urn of some kind as a toilet i guess milo no uh tenson's scared face just just scared dad face that's so great i love it (laughs) uh yeah so Cora's going around saying hello to people. Uh, oh, runs into Hiroshi Sato and Mako, who is, and, and uh, Asami. Asami's using Mako as her plus one, I guess, to this gala. And uh, so this is the first time she's introduced to Asami, and immediately Cora is jealous about the whole thing. It's like, yeah, well, um, yeah, she's you're like, you're a girl touching a guy. I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, Mako told me so much about you. Really? Because he hasn't mentioned you at all. I'm like, all right, geez. Like okay. I mean, I do get that though. I mean But then again, it's only been like what? It's, it's been a-, a day. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are you? It's been two days. What's yeah. this? <laughs> is this normal? He is supposed to be my friend. Cora's never had friends before. Mind you, she's she's being possessive of friendship. Although I think that it's, it's that it's, it's like a romantic. We all know it's not friendship. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the yeah. best thing about Avatar was the friendships. Where uh-huh. are the friendships? Yeah, not there yet. We just skipped ahead to the romance. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think Sato and other people were like, "Yeah, we expect great things from you, Avatar." And then here comes Lynn, the killjoy. Love her. Who's <laughs> like, no, don't act keeping so it happy. real. Yeah, keeping it real. Like, don't act so happy with this gal. You've done absolutely nothing to deserve this and just walks away. <laughs> and then um Cora's face after is like, I I I haven't. You are a hundred percent right. And now I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As she should be. Uh-huh. I mean, so I mean what is this gala? Thank you for existing. Yeah, so she's got pressure on both sides. Pressure of just by nature of being the Avatar and then the pressure from the haters who are like, well, you haven't done anything as the Avatar. So, and then Korra here is thinking like, oh, great, well, without my responsibilities of, of being the Avatar, then what else am I supposed to do or what am I? So, 
Yeah. So then in comes Tarlock, who convinces Cora to do some uh, press conferencing with the reporters at this gala. That was totally a coincidence, not by any means planned or staged in any way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, Tarlock, super smooth manipulator, putting Cora on the spot like this. And all the reporters are like, why, if you're so concerned about saving Republic City and making sure Amon doesn't destroy society as we know it, are you not agreeing to join this task force, which it's clear whose job is clearly to eradicate this issue. And Cora's like, I don't know. I was like, I'm kind of on the spot. And then just all the pressure. She finally is just, she finally caves and it's like, fine, I will join Amon's, Amon's, uh, God, you have me thinking Tarlock is Amon. Tarlock's Amon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tarlock's not Amon. Hit, hit, Roshi's Amon. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so she caves and is like, fine, I will join the task force. And, Tarlock is very pleased about this. And uh, Tenzin is disappointed, but can probably see that she got backed into a corner, basically. Yeah, I think that he wasn't so much disappointed in her. I think no. he was disappointed partially in himself for not seeing this coming. Which he should have, yeah. I'm like, a gala hosted by Tarlock in the Avatar's honor and look, all of the press that, uh-huh. that like, Tarlock invited uh-huh. and, like, fed questions. Tarlock plans this entire thing. He is, he is getting what he wants. And also, he, he wants Korra to be on this task force so much that he's hosting a gala. He bought her a car. He bought her all of these other things. He... It seems too much effort for some political clout. He seems extra shady. Yep, I don't know. I guess we'll have to carry on and find out. So it's Cora's first day on the cast task force, and the first mission is to crash this chi blocker training locale. So in the dead of night, they all go and raid this location. Pretty in a pretty cool way, but pretty brutal when you think about it. It's like it's it's terribly brutal. They haven't done anything wrong. They're just learning martial arts underneath yeah. a bookstore. It I mean, sure, there is there is a big Amon thing <laughs> right there, which is a lot. Yeah, it's kind of extra. Um, but also they haven't really done all that much and also um like i am gonna be embarrassed if i am wrong about all of these people being evil but like everyone seems seems evil tarlock seems seems to have kind of planned this 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 feels a little staged i don't think that they would have this like big poster of amon on the wall and then they just happen to like have that like trip 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 wire ready for her and th- and then like tarlock's the one to to come and and then like they are both like oh we are such a good team it feels staged it feels too too perfect and i think if it isn't tarlock 
feeding them in feeding them information um it is it is someone else because because this they seem too smart to to do this yep well i don't know gosh Uh, it's hard to talk about this i know (laughs) so (laughs) maybe for next season i will just watch the in the in the entire season first and then we can just talk about everything yeah i don't know we'll figure it out so yeah they raid the place pretty easily and yay the day is saved she gets in the paper and they all get a picture together everybody's kumbaya we save the day and then we cut to um honestly i kind of wish we'd gotten like a larger montage of what the task force was doing rather than just like this one raid and then newspapers and then another press conference where Cora has completely like gone back to her arrogant self in order to hide her insecurity so yeah yeah, because we cut back immediately after just the one raid to a press conference that seems like it happened, like, at least a week or so, maybe, give or take a couple weeks, days maybe after that first raid, especially because then uh, right before that, Mako and Bolin are wondering where Cora's at for programming practice, and she's not showing again. up. Again. Again. So I was like, how many times has she not shown up at this point? So it's got to have been a couple weeks, Two right? or three weeks, maybe. Maybe, yeah, so, maybe a month. Yeah, I feel like there's just easy opportunity to stick a brief montage of all the different raids they did yeah. in there just to get a sense of passage of time. <laughs> yeah, because all of a sudden, yeah. So Cora is giving a press conference again, and the reporters are like, well, you haven't captured captured Amon yet, so what now? And Cora, going back to her arrogant front, challenges Amon mano a mano and, uh, to a duel at like outside of the basketball courts at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning Me, you after school <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah so again part of it is just her arrogance that she's using as a front in an attempt to face her fears head on and hopefully get rid of them but she's also too proud to admit that she feels scared and ask for help mm-hmm. so not great and then we go back to asami mako whatever they're uh, happy they, i guess they bond over dead parents they're they're so attractive why don't i like this leslie <laughs> i, I loved mako last episode when he was putting electric <laughs> when he was doing the whole like electricity power grid thing 100 percent for mako mako's just not doing it for me anymore <laughs> so quickly have that shifted for you yes I I had such high hopes for for Asami too. We were all rooting for you. Why aren't you my lipstick dream? I <laughs> why 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 aren't you sassier? I mean, we don't know. Maybe things will improve. Down yeah, maybe she's evil. Oh, I want her to be secret evil. I want all of this to be a front so that I get an interesting character. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes people are just nice, and yeah. um, and um, everyone doesn't have to be sassy. Uh, but she's like, nice is not interesting to me. Well, like you can have a good care, like a good-hearted character, and make them compelling. It's not I mean, to say that being Sokka nice. Sokka was nice. Aang was nice. Katara was nice. was nice. Asami is a white 
piece of paper. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know her hopes or dreams. She is a pretty girl uh, who has a lot of money. Cool. Who is just ready to give Mako stuff and, and also has a dead parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. The best way, honestly, the best way I can describe her is in uh, in musical terms and Into the Woods when the witch <laughs> is like, you're so nice. You're not good. You're not bad. You're just nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She's like, nice. I, yeah, I have nothing to root for her right now. And by, and, and by her right now, at least, being so white paint bland she's like bringing down mako because they talk about nothing yeah just- they they talk about nothing and i've learned nothing other than he still has dead parents yeah and it's like if we you knew account- that and if you account for the fact that the other half of this episode is the amon and cora drama they've only spent like i don't know I, I believe in quality over quantity, personally, when it comes to how relationships are portrayed in a story, like, especially, like, from a Disney standpoint. It's like, yeah, all the relationships are three-day ones. Who cares? Like, what matters is what you yeah. do in that short time frame. And if it, if the quality is good and if I believe that they're in love, then I'm, I'll go with it. Like, I love Aladdin and Jasmine as a couple. I think they're a great couple. Yeah, they've only been together yeah. for three days, but, like, I totally buy into the relationship, their body language, how they talk to each other. Like, they... You... They use their time efficiently in that movie. Uh, this one, it's like I can't even. Quite little, get it. Even Little Mermaid, even Little Mermaid, Ariel does does not talk, and yet you still get the chemistry between her and Prince Eric. Mm-hmm. I both of these people just they're 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 drawn pretty, and they are sitting next to each other. Yeah, I don't know. I think the problem is just both when put on their own are not strongly characterized quite yet for me to believe that they feel like a real couple when they're put together. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, they bond over dead parents and um, Mako talks about uh, his iconic scarf belonging yeah. to his dad and it's like the last thing he has and it makes him feel safe and Asami's like well uh, Asami talks about how she lost her mom and she feels safe with Mako oh uh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Again, anyway I don't know if this was like a season two thing sure I just haven't I can't even say that I really like Suki and Sokka together after one episode yeah right I just you know Chemistry There's something unusual. here that's not here. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Where is my hot girl summer? <laughs> yeah. So then we go back to Cora, who's on her way to this duel on uh, the place where uh, Ang's giant statue is, like across the way from her temple. Island. Yeah. Um. Cora picked the creepiest place to right? have. I'm like to have a duel. Also, why aren't you going to have a battle right next to the statue of the Avatar, which you could damage? I yeah, know, I just, What's I up? don't understand the location pick because it's like isolated and I, I don't know. So she shows up and is looking around 
for Amon. Hopefully he's going to show up. But instead she ends up getting jumped pretty easily um, by all the T-blockers who she thought were not going to show up. So all the T-blockers grab her and then Amon just calmly enters the frame and looks like he's about to take her bending away or kill her. But is deciding to let her be for now because that would just make her a martyr. I freaked out. It's freaky. I actually, I I do like this scene. Um, It's dark. At at first, I thought that it was another dream sequence because they do it just like the first dream sequence. Mm -hmm, So you are waiting for her to wake up and she's not waking up. And then his hand is going towards her face to take away her bending. And then he just grabs her chin. It's it's so dramatic. And yeah. also, Amon is right. By killing her or by taking away her, her bending, you are making her a martyr. And then mm-hmm. everyone is, is just going to be fighting Amon more. Because yeah. you're... Because you're destroying a symbol. Yep. And I I like the scene because it also gives Amon more menace. Just with how quickly he was able to apprehend her and then just calmly approaches her and then walks away. Like that's pretty intimidating to me. Like I, dang, it's like that didn't take I, long. Yeah. I also like how he's very different from the from the previous Avatar villains we have we have had so um so um, we had Zhao, we had azula we had ozai okay so uh the three things that they have in common other than being firebenders um is that they they have so much pride and so much bravado (coughs) that if someone did challenge them to a one-on-one duel they would do a one-on-one duel they they would be tricky but like they don't need anyone else because they are the best amon's strength is that he has so many non-benders that are supporting him and and that are supporting his goals and that is what makes him scary it isn't that he is a lone person it is that he has made a radicalized group Mm-hmm. I guess the closest that we can get from the original show is maybe Long Fang, because yeah. I mean, he was able to corrupt the Dai Li if they weren't I mean, corrupted already before Azula. <laughs> I mean, yeah, before, before Azula, Azula before corrupted, Azula, yeah, before the fourteen-year-old yeah. takes control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know, Long Fang. Maybe <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> he tried. Wasn't sorry. He tried. Yeah. Um, something that I like. And something that also made me think that that uh, that like someone or Tarlock or or like just someone is is like in in on this whole Amon thing is that all of those people didn't come to the island later on. All of those people were waiting for for Korra way before she she got there they only sprung it sprung into action after the midnight bong bell uh bell bonged 
<laughs> they were there for for hours before Cora was, and 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 um and um probably like materialized uh really soon after she gave that gave that challenge, and the fact that Tarlock was so happy about Cora giving that challenge because like after she gave that that like challenge he he had this smirk either either means that this is what he wants all along he like like he wants Cora to be hurt he doesn't really want her to have power or influence or he's dumb and he thinks this this is this is good when um he has seen that she's not a master master i mean no offense to cora but but the bending we have seen from her and it and, and it might just be a generational thing it might just be that like this is this is early in the season but but her bending hasn't been prolific it hasn't been legendary or or extremely creative the the way that we have seen uh 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 other people bend katara bend i think Toph bend, Zuko just, bend i think part of that is she was sheltered one yeah sheltered in a way where like she had instructors who were all trained in it and if you look at like your main cast from the original show a lot of them were self-taught. Uh, Katara self-taught. Yeah. Uh, Aang came up with moves uh, from an airbending perspective. He was the youngest uh, person to become an airbending master of all the air nomads, getting his tattoos at like age 12. Um, yeah. Toph, I mean, yeah, she got taught by Toph's Adrimals, but like she invented, she invented a subcategory of bending <laughs> like all of them are like yeah full-on visionaries who a lot of the time had to spend a lot of time just with themselves practicing and not with other instructors or teachers in such a rigid kind of way so yeah I think that's why yeah. you see cooler moves from, from I just personally. yeah but but I just feel like like it might be on purpose because Cora doesn't have that much experience. Cora before this wasn't in wasn't in a do or die. She was learning by the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean it's like it's the equivalent of being yeah. It, it's like being book smart versus street smart. Like both help in different circumstances, but like when one is in the other scenario it's like it may not necessarily work out in the way that you want it to work out necessarily so yeah and this leads into um to um Cora's Cora's breakdown after after this so um so um Tenzin finds wait 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 um, uh, wait we can't skip over the, the flashback ooh she, yes so, yeah so she gets she blocked and get, gets knocked out and then as she does so, we get like little flashes of older Team Avatar, which made me geek out at the time. Yes, we get older Toph, older Sokka, older Aang, uh, some random dude's eyes. Um, yep. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what do you think could be going on in the scene? 
Oh, um, I think that they are fighting uh, that that um, one guy from 42 years ago. The um, Yacon. Yeah, Yacon. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, Wait, what was your just, reaction to this? You saw Sokka. How'd you feel? I saw Sokka. I was I was happy to see Sokka. I, I focused a lot more on um on Toph and Aang, and, and I think that's because their their just character designs are like a like like a bit more distinct. Mm-hmm. But I but I actually rewatched this twice. Not 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 like the episode, but just that little little snippet. Yeah. And it is just great i like okay fan fan servicey why did they kill off Sokka? Sokka's a non-bender we 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 could have gotten a non-bending perspective yeah yep 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 uh also something that i think about i started to think about more is how is it that toff essentially was the founder of the modern policing system system toff the girl who's like not about rules and authority at all <laughs> like how did we get to that point i feel like maybe it gets explained in a comic that i haven't read but the more i think about it the more i'm like but how and when did she was she gung-ho about creating a military yeah. system <laughs> yeah remember when she was scamming everyone <laughs> all the time remember when she stole so much that she got caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when, like, the grift got too big for her? Remember when in Bossing say she was excited that they were essentially fugitives of the state and was excited that she got to break some rules so then just destroyed a whole wing of the house they were living in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how we went from that to let's create a police system. But puberty yeah. is a hell of a drug. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so yeah it, yeah, it changes all of your socioeconomic beliefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like as you age, your brain does genuinely mature. And like I believed some things when I was 12 that I don't believe now. Oh yeah, totally. A lot of people do. So, you know. Uh yeah. So that ends the flashbacks. Every fan right now is freaking out, trying to figure out what's going on, what the context is, and wondering if we'll ever get more. And she wakes up to Tenzin, and uh, Korra finally breaks down about all this stuff and all the stress that and pressure that she's been feeling for the first time. And uh, she cries into Tenzin's arms, and uh, just she said that she's never really been so scared in her life, and I believe it. She's been super sheltered and. That was obviously a scary way to get confronted by Amon and stuff, especially if you've been having nightmares about it already. I mean, Cora's a child. She's been out in the real world for a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, think about going to college for the first time, being away from your parents, having having make your own decisions. Uh, having to go go around a strange city alone and and do everything on your own and feel alone even when she has friends even when she has people supporting her she's still 
the avatar and she put so much pressure on herself and and um she is she's always compared to Aang and she is compared to all of the masters that have come before her and she's a kid and that's a hard place to be in mm-hmm. and i think that this cry is really war- warranted yeah she, it's just a child mm-hmm. so i i like how this episode ends and it, it specifically ends with tenzin being like admitting your fears is the first step to overcoming them and yeah that's how the episode concludes i enjoy parts of this episode specifically the parts with Korra trying to contain all her feelings until she has a breakdown about yeah. it and confesses how she's never been this scared in her entire life about anything and now it's all really starting to hit her just how big the stakes are from her perspective yeah. so yeah I think well, it's a good turning point like mini turning point for this character well talking about those that. yeah talking about those stakes so I I have a theory and I don't know if if this is right but what happens if Korra loses her bending does every avatar lose their bending now will the avatar not exist I know that if you are killed when you are in the avatar state all of the souls of the past avatars are also killed basically so yeah. then so then the avatar cycle uh is destroyed without the the avatar's bending skill can you have the avatar i don't think so yeah interesting interesting uh something else um uh why is everyone evil this episode <laughs> We don't know that yet. <laughs> no, we... Barbara knows it. Uh, okay. Hiroshi is... Uh, 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 he- Hiroshi Sato's, like, uh, uh, super secret in- in- investors gonna... Is, like, gonna turn out to be Amon. Hiroshi's all for supporting non-benders buying his cars. Um... And um and, and um he is all for the in the it, the industrial and also the cultural revolution because he is probably making things to replace people's bending. I mean, um people have cars now, so so you don't need air bending to travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh that might be a stretch, but I but I think that he is going to have a a bigger place place to play, and I think what they are trying to show is um, is um, kind of that bending is like the old world, the old spiritual world, where while like non non bending is this new futuristic material world. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot with that. Um, also, if Tarlock is not working for Amon, he is the worst politician. <laughs> hmm. 
hey man, he just wants to make sure all of his bases are covered if he wants to get reelected. <laughs> yeah, no, gotta you like you gotta play both sides, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, but um, but um, overall, oh. I I really liked the Korra parts. I mm-hmm. did not like the Mako romance side plot. <laughs> no which way. I uh, yet again. I my heart. How goes did they out mess to you. that up? My heart goes out to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, how did they mess that up for me? I don't know. It's very surprising. Yeah. Um. um hopefully, we get uh, not even better like romance later. I just want more friendships. Mm-hmm. I. I I I feel like uh, I feel like Cora's kind of friends with these people, but I haven't. I don't buy the full friendship yet. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. It it feels like they're like like they're friendly, and mm-hmm. they are coworkers, and they yeah. are stuck together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we happen to be on the same team together so we tolerate each other in a group project uh do you want to get coffee after yeah sure i guess yeah <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like yep so i don't know i guess we'll just have to keep going and see what happens so join us next time when we talk about book one chapter five the spirit of competition which Ooh. uh if i remember that episode correctly i have feelings about things Ooh, okay yeah. is there a lot of pro bending seems like there's a lot of pro bending <laughs> probably it's got the okay so um i am going to guess the plot just oh, based on the title okay spirit of competition um cora's cora's gonna be trying to tap into her more spiritual side um while 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 also there is like a love quadrangle going on with with um all of all of the teens just looking at each other except for the brothers the brothers are not looking at each other but everyone else is all right also bendings pro bending tournaments involved too (laughs) but i think that there is gonna be a lot of romance and i don't know if i'm gonna like it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we'll see Uh (laughs) happens at all (laughs) Uh yeah (laughs) Uh. oh gosh yeah so until next time stay flaming